0: This this is Brock and Salk. Brock Ewert is my hero. Jay Butner just punched me in the kidney. Power through the Alaska Airlines studio on Seattle Sports. What we're gonna do do our Doesn't work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. I- it kind of does. Though. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen and Ballard. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Hello. All right, hello. Rock and Salt Show Seattle Sports on seven hundred and ten Seattle Sports.com, Seattle Sports app and 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 all the podcast platforms out there. I heard from a lot of you guys late last night. I got a ton of late text or at least uh, afternoon text during the game from you. Some some evening ones. I wanted to start off the show today before we have KJ Wright at eight o'clock. And by the way, we're going to go to Kansas City talk to. Old friend Carrington Harrison, who you guys may not remember, but he's awesome, very funny. He's a host in KC. We'll ask him about Chris Jones and do that at seven thirty. So we got some cool stuff today. But I wanted to start off the show today on a very serious note. I want to talk about something we don't normally talk about here on this show. Okay, should I buckle up for this? Drunk texting. I'd like to talk about... Now, we don't generally... Again, as I said, this is not a topic we normally cover on the show. Yeah. But I wanted to talk to you about drunk texting or maybe even drunk phone calls if you're a little bit older. For those who understand what this is... Now, I know not everybody's a drinker. I know that, you know, you may have kids in the car, so I I apologize, but I I feel like it's important to talk about this because I have some friends, not myself, obviously, but I have some friends who have been known, especially in their younger years to maybe imbibe a little more than they should, and then sometimes they would leave evidence of the sort of spiral that occurred over the course of their night. Does that make sense? Yeah, evidence via... Well, it used to be voicemails. voicemail, like, because we didn't have cell phones when I was in college. So for a while, it was voicemails, and I have, like, angry voicemails of people singing the thong song. I've got, like, you know, angry voicemails. How of- do you
1: angrily what's sing, a- sing yeah, the thong song. She had
0: dumps like a truck, truck, truck. <laughs> Guy's like, what, what, what? Yeah, no, I have that. <laughs> Or heard it anyway, i don't have it anymore, so as, as I' say, sometimes people will spiral, and by yeah. the end, like it keeps getting worse and worse, and then they wake up in the morning and're like, Oh man, I was in a really bad state last night, right? Yeah. Alcohol's a depressant, <laughs> and so sometimes you can hear like you know somebody kind of g- gradually go off a cliff. I, I don't generally have that problem.
2: I like the idea of this pre-cell phone, somebody to track down a phone to call you and leave a voicemail.: yeah, It was my was- friend
0: Steve Dunkle. <laughs>
2: I'm to pay phone to sing: Well no, he was at his press. house. I was in my
0: dorm room, and he <laughs> okay. called <Okay. laughs> voicemail. It's so much easier now.' So what? He's an attorney now. no big deal. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so so I didn't have that problem. That, that's not the way I operate when I drink too much. I tend to be pretty happy and I don't leave messages like that. But there are my problem is sometimes if I go to Las Vegas and I'm willing to admit this, I will, I will you know, at the end of a night, especially if I've had too many, keep going. And gambling more than I should. And eventually I'll do the thing where it's like, well, whatever. It's only like I've been playing $10 tables all night. And I'm like, well, let's get all back into this in one swing and throw a $100 chip out there and lose it all. You know what I mean? Like, ah, the and I there it he was built. Head. Yeah. Right. And so the whole night just sort of goes off this cliff. I say all of that because I always wake up and regret that in the morning and think like, man, I was in an altered state. Maybe not even from drinking, but just like you get locked in on something and you stop seeing everything around you. And it kind of got me thinking about some of the responses I got last night on the old X platform to the Mariners' loss, and it was a tough loss. I don't want to go through anything. I'm not going to blow smoke. I want I want you guys all to know that was a bad loss. That's a game you should win. It was it was in hand. It's a winnable game, and it's one you should win, and it's very frustrating. Nothing drives me crazier than watching the Mariner broadcast, having a game like that end, and immediately hearing how great things are. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I need some time. What I would like is that's frustrating, but also here's some relevant context to put it in. So I will try to do some of that. And last night, you know, kind of wrote afterwards, hey, that's an ugly loss. A lot of folks share the blame in this one. Dominic Leone, yee. By the way, Dominic Leone, I don't, I don't know whether he can continue on this roster. I don't think that may have just been a mistake. Topa, ye, it's not even just the, not even just the, the home run, but the, the walk like before. The run, I mean, yeah. you can't do that. Suarez swinging at a three zero count and popping up, I and mean, come on, those are forgettable nights. But I thought it was worth remembering how frustrating things were on September twenty fifth last year. When the Mariners had that awful game where they lost 13-12 to 12 to the Royals and gave back that huge lead. You remember that? The complete bullpen oh, implosion. Oh, yeah. 14 runs or whatever it was. And to just point out that while this is frustrating and that is a bad loss and it's okay to be mad about it, what I don't understand is the desire or need to turn it into something worse than a bad loss. It's not just a bad loss. It's the end. It it signifies everything that is to come. And just given the last two months, that's really hard for me to stomach. I think people are taking the let's be goldfish advice from uh, from uh, Ted, Lasso. Ted Lasso a little too seriously. Like, I think you're taking it in the wrong context. Don't, like, yes, be goldfish, but you also should remember some of the things that happened over the last few months. They may portend just as much as whatever happened today.
2: Yeah, but I think what your take was last week of being prisoners of the past is is also playing in. Like Maybe The last three months are not enough to reverse the damage done but, but, by whatever, and but, everybody's holding their shovels. But let me read shovels. you,
0: Justin. That's a good point. But let me read you some of the response. People are unhinged, and I, and I honestly, it reminds me of sort of that, you know, I'm so locked in, and then I'm going to wake up in the morning and regret everything I've said. This was just weird. Brash is 100% responsible for this loss. By the way, Brash pitched one inning and gave up a hit and no runs. Uh, I do you know, know what to make of that. Please grill DePoto on this tomorrow at 8.30, Mike. on about the M's entire pitching staff.
2: Oh, well that's nice that they think they know the schedule of the show. Oh, that's tomorrow.
0: The pitching staff has the number one ERA and the number one whip in all of Major League Baseball. I get that they were frustrating last night, you want me to grill Jerry Depoto on how he constructed the best pitching staff in baseball? On it. Yes, that's what we're going to do tomorrow when Jerry joins us at eight thirty. <laughs> I will print the tweet. What does that even mean? How about I mean, this you one? You know
2: that X is where, like, I do the most unhinged.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Stuff. Would you like me to go to our text machine from <laughs> yesterday? <laughs> Believe me more. There's plenty of platforms here for this if we want to go find them. I, I can go all the way through this. salt. that could be a topic for Phil Airtime, but a game last season has zero relevance to today's game. Well, I'm not saying that it's going to instantly change the way tomorrow functions, but it's worth remembering some of the past and how you felt in that moment and how it had absolutely zero negative effect on the rest of that season. Zero. Zero. I, I, I just don't understand that one. Feel free to look back at this one when wondering what went wrong this year. This was going to be the turning point of everything that went wrong.
2: Hmm. See, that's someone that is prisoner of the past, and they're yeah, just they're set, They're they're getting that in their heads that they're it, they're not hurt as much when it happens. Salk, you setting for, themselves up.
0: You forgot to mention service and his handling of the bullpen by bringing in his three top relievers in the seventh, eighth, and ninth. Yeah, I know Leon gave up a couple of runs, and my guess is he's probably not going to be back. Could he have gone with Campbell in that situation? In retrospect, yes. But he's trying to keep his guys as fresh as possible. And at that point, you've got a 5 1 lead, and your starter only made it five innings. <laughs> heads need to roll.
2: That's 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 says it quaint art Get by Sandra.
0: Point. Sandra wants heads to roll. Which heads, Sandra? Do you want Scott fired after yesterday's game after just winning 21 games in a month? Thank God you're not my boss.
2: See, that that's just like a Karen response.
0: You had a bad show today, <laughs> Maura. You screwed I, up on the board. I want heads
2: to roll. It's like I I'm not happy with this Mariner's loss. I need to speak to the manager. <laughs> That's exactly what it
0: is. <laughs> Richard Sherman was right to excuse you out of this interview. Hold on a minute. That's not fair, Riley. This is not an interview. How dare you go there with that? <laughs> now they're going to get swept by the Reds and the Rays. Oh, so not only did they lose last night, it's going to affect their next five games. Look, maybe those things happen. Maybe this team is screwed. Maybe everything is toast. But I, 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 I just see it as a bad baseball game. And it is a bad baseball game. i not gonna, again. I don't want to blow smoke. There are concerns. I'm. Okay. Cons- I tell you, I'm going to get into it at seven o'clock. I'm very concerned about Andres Munoz. Very. I am. Vi- Let me say it again. I'm. I'm not. going Am frustrated. I concerned about Topa? No. Frustrated. It's like the Topa. first run concerned Topa's given up in a year and a half. About Munoz, though. Really, really. I'm good. legit concerned about Munoz. Okay. He doesn't look right to me, and hasn't looked right for a month, I, which is crazy because that's the month he ended up winning this stupid award. I didn't think he's looked good for a month. But am I concerned about Brash? No. Am I concerned about Topa because he gave up a three-run home run? No. It's like the first home run he's given up in forever in a bandbox to a guy who hits home runs. The other guys are good, too. I mean, like that's not a bad Cincinnati team. We said it going in. They're like the Royals, but, you know, with talent. So, I, I don't know, I, I yesterday was very, very maddening. Anytime you get a 4 run lead and you blow it, it stinks and it hurts, and I totally understand the desire to be upset about it. I was upset. To turn off the TV immediately, swore. I, sw- I swore in front of my children. Can you believe it? You sure you weren't imbibing? No, well, I wasn't. But then I then I went back and I did an angry version of the thong song. So it all worked out when it was all said and done. I actually
2: have a request for you to take us to break with
0: that. Oh, with my version, of with my friend Steve's version of it? She had, don't truck, truck, truck. Guys, like, what, what, what? Baby, move your butt, butt, butt. Need to know. 15
3: minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk.
1: Here's what you need to know. Up first.
0: Well, certainly an ugly loss for the Mariners. Kind of like what Saturday would have been if JP hadn't saved the day late. Unfortunately, they waste a two-run shot for a two-home run night. Excuse me from Julio. They give back a four-run lead as Justin Topa got torched in the eighth. Munoz ended up giving it up an inning later. So yeah, not good. Topa, uh, he knows what he did. Yeah,
3: obviously, get able to walk there to start, um, you know, getting out on the ground and
0: Make a couple of good pitches and then just kind of lose it there. Um, and Stevenson pitches, and, you know, base hit, kind
3: of, you know, gets things going for them. And he made a bad pitch there. The slider kind of stayed over the plate a little too much and put it this way
0: out. Yeah, I think he's pretty uh, right on there. <laughs> made a bad pitch for the home run, and the real problem, of course, was giving up the walk beforehand, which ended up throwing another run on base. You just can't give up that many base runners. They gave up eight free passes yesterday, five walks, three hit by pitch. You give up eight extra base runners, and that's going to be a bit of an issue. In the meantime, uh, there were others. Dominic Leone has not really been good at all since arriving. I think that might need to be addressed and remedied fairly soon. He gives up two runs in just two-thirds of an inning. And then I don't know what Gino Suarez was doing in the ninth. He's got two on. He's got a 3-0 pitch, and he pops it up. It just didn't really make a lot of sense. That was a big yikes moment. Fortunately, from Scott Service's perspective, yeah, this happens. We will continue to compete. This happens throughout the
2: course of the season. And certainly you're going to run up against teams that are hot and, and finding ways to score runs. And they, they're very athletic. They can steal. They put the ball in play. they got guys in motion up and down the lineup. Uh, we, we have to continue to add on score, you know, here, because there is no lead safe, you know, in this ballpark. It is that offensive. But, you know, these things happen. If anybody thought this was going to be easy, they're crazy. Uh, it's tough. It's tough to win games this time. Of year. you got to grind. Everybody's got to be ready to go, do their job every night and see what happens in there. Our guys will come out and compete
0: tomorrow. Yeah, there's some pretty good perspective there, and uh, they will come out today. uh, But that's a second straight series loss. It's three games in a row they've lost, four out of five. Fortunately, all better than Texas. Has anybody been following what's happened to the Rangers? They dropped their 15th in their last 18 last night. Nathan Evaldi returned from the IL. Didn't make it out of the second inning. They get absolutely rocked. Give up 15 runs. Jose Altuve with three homers on the night for Houston. Blue Jays blow out the ace. So Mariners fall out of first place. They're a game behind Houston. One more in Cincinnati today. Logan Gilbert playing the stopper. 340 first pitch. Here's the second thing. You need to know. Uh, First depth chart is out for the Seahawks. I don't know how much to read into it yet, but a few things stand out. Trey Brown listed as the starting corner ahead of Mike Jackson, so that seems relevant and certainly reflective of what we saw in the preseason games. DJ Dallas ahead of Zach Charbonnet? That's a little bit of a surprise, I think, to most folks. Maybe just a nod to being a veteran. And then Kobe Bryant at free safety, not a corner. Again, it's just a listing. It doesn't mean he's going to be only at free safety. But if you're wondering who's going to come in in a nickel package, is it going to still be Kobe Bryant as it was a year ago? I guess we'll wait and find out. How far would you be willing to go for Chris Jones, the star defensive lineman, still holding out in Kansas City? It would probably take a pair of first-rounders, but... Is now the time to do it? Are they Chris Jones away from competing for a Super Bowl? NFL network Steve Weiss joined us yesterday.
1: First off, there'll be a market, and Seattle just kind of looking at at how they could use him, right? You know, Jones has played primarily on the edge the past couple of years, but Seattle could use him kind of at that hybrid five technique, hybrid six and seven technique of what they do defensively. It would make a lot of sense. It would make a lot of sense.
0: Hmm. I'd be intrigued. I know that there's some reasons not to do it, and there's probably some lessons in the past that I should learn from. Maybe I'm just doing the same stupid thing over and over again. But, yeah, Chris Jones, I'd be willing to make some exceptions for, and I do think that might be the missing piece to get this team to the next level. Here's the third thing you need to know. We're going to talk to uh, Carrington Harrison about that at 7.30, and then, of course, KJ Wright at 8 o'clock today. Jared Kelnick clearly getting closer. He had a walk and another double last night as he continues to rehab for Tacoma. He did strike out three times, though, as he's getting his timing back, so that is uh, worth noting. Should he be in the lineup when he returns? Jeff Passan has thoughts.
1: The notion that you're concerned, and not you, Brock, but the, the royal you of clowns out there who are espousing this position. The notion that you're concerned with somebody's bad energy affecting the team when he is going to be around the team, regardless of whether he's playing or not, is so patently illogical and foolish and beyond the pale dumb. I don't know why I'm wasting my breath addressing him.
2: He also said clowns. All these clowns. How come
0: come Jeff gets to call people clowns, but when I do it, I'm a bad guy? It's not fair. Meanwhile, Kelnick, with some uh, really, really uh, interesting thoughts to Daniel Kramer yesterday at MLB.com, said, uh, I definitely think it's going to be a huge stepping stone for me in my career, just because the decision I made not only affected myself, but it affected the team and the city. Because I wasn't able to play Anytime that happens, it sucks You never want to do that again I never want to feel the way I did again So the only way to do that is just not to do it again I knew the biggest thing was that it was going to have to come from me I got myself in that mess And I was going to get myself out Sounds like the lyrics to Under the Bridge (laughs) (laughs) It's everything you need to know We do a quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Saul show. I
2: really do, though, think that that has to be the embarrassing bottom Mm. of being an athlete, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that's the, oh, boy, I publicly hurt myself. Doing doing something stupid. Doing something stupid. And then went through the emotional roller coaster of what the repercussions were the next
0: day in an interview. God, it's so relatable. (laughs) I, it's so relatable. Like I just relate so well to that. Like not that I've ever let down my whole you know city by by getting angry and hurting myself. Yeah. But the embarrassment you feel when you get frustrated, and sure. you know anybody who's ever broken a golf club or anything like that, and they're just like, oh, I'm so ashamed of myself right now. And, yeah. Or I mean, a lot of it happens that
2: when you're young. Right, like when you're—I mean, he is. He I'm, is not, I'm young. not saying he's, he's not 24. young, but I mean, <clears throat> I'm thinking of like being in you know junior high. I know high school baseball, running off a field and breaking a, something. Right, like and then you're like, oh wow, that looked bad.
0: Yeah, and then when you get the folks who were still doing it in like adult softball, and you're like, geez, totally. it feels like this is something you should have worked that's out. Why, that's some, why I, I don't point. play rec league softball. <laughs> point in your life. All right. Well, the man who called you a clown—you'll uh, get to hear a whole lot more from that coming up next. It's Brock and Salk, Sales Sports on Seven Ten. This This is Brock and Salk, powered through the Alaska Airlines studio, back in mornings from 6 to 10 on Seattle
2: Sports and the Seattle Sports app.
0: Always excited to talk to Jeff Passan, and we'll do so right now. Good morning, Jeff. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, Mike.
0: How are you? Doing awesome, man. Got so much fun baseball to talk about. The Mariners are tied for first place. Obviously haven't had their greatest week as they dropped three out of their last four, including two out of three in New York. So, you know, certainly uh, some trepidation here as we tried to spend some of the morning figuring out what was frustrating and what was actually concerning. As I watch them, the thing that, that feels most concerning to me is they look a little tired. They look and and you see it, you know, swinging and a missing at balls in the zone. It just they look a little tired to me, and I don't, I don't know what you do for a tired team in September. Well, you know, how, what yeah. do you, what do you do in that situation?
1: <laughs> that's a great question. I honestly have absolutely no idea what you do for a team that's been playing out of its mind for like a month and a half. There, there has to be some point at which you hit a wall, mm-hmm. though, right? I mean, when you're on a heater, the level that the Mariners have been on, the notion that they're going to continue on that sort of heater, it's not particularly realistic. And and that, to me, is the difference between the Mariners and, like, Atlanta. I, I think the Braves are probably the only team in baseball that we can expect this sort of sustained level of play from just because the talent is so overwhelming there. They're so Mm -hmm. good that even if a couple of guys run into the wall, they're going to have other guys who pick them up. Their lineup is deep enough. Their pitching staff is strong enough that uh, it's almost like they are slump proof. Um, The the Mariners aren't there quite yet. And that's okay because what they have done is they put themselves in a position Uh, not only to to win the division, but to get a bye in the first round, which is wild. Like, would you ever have thought, even a month ago, that the Mariners would would be in a spot where they could be taking the wild card weekend off and really setting up their pitching staff for the division series and beyond? Probably depends on how seriously
0: you took the Rangers.
3: Uh, uh, stop gosh (laughs) I knew that (laughs) sorry
1: you know I
0: don't even want to fight with you today I'm sorry that was a cheap shot and I I apologize
1: here's here's the thing I was expecting it and I'm surprised (laughs) I would have taken the under I thought you were going to lead with that no I don't want to do that Uh, I
0: have so many actual uh -uh. baseball things to ask you about today that I don't want to take cheap shots I'm sorry about that
3: and before he fires those at you very sincere thank you (laughs) (laughs) I think of my peers in the broadcast industry calling games and basketball and hockey in particular, two sports. that don't play 162, but they do play 82. And the number of times you will see in those games but where a team comes back, where they're down big and they, they come all the way back, and then inevitably the analyst says, well, I don't know. I mean, they expended so much energy to make that run. They expended so much personnel to make that left in the tank. Like the Mariners <laughs> expended so much energy, 21-5, and five, best month in, in the history of the franchise, to come all the way uh-huh. back. Is it possible? Do teams come to mind as, over the years when I say this, that, man, here was this team that came all the way back, man, right in that horse race, all the way back, but in the final home stretch, they just had expended so much energy to get there, they didn't have enough left in the tank. Is that a fair comparison, analogy to the game of baseball?
1: I don't think so. Um, Look, I'm sure there are examples. I can't think of any off the top of my head. I'm sure there are examples of teams that went on incredible runs and just in the end didn't make it. But I I look at what brought the Mariners to this point to begin with, and it's their pitching, right? And I I look at their pitching right now, and – uh, I see Logan Gilbert, and he looks pretty darn good. And I see Luis Castillo, and he looks pretty good. And I know George Kirby's last start wasn't—you uh, know—last couple of starts really weren't his greatest. But uh, I—I still—I don't know. I, maybe maybe I have misplaced trust in George Kirby. Not 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 because I should be doubting him in what he's capable of, but because he's never done this before. Mm-hmm. He hasn't done like a full season that's going to be stretching into October. Right. So that that's hard, but I, I still, I, I just have a hard time believing that he's going to falter down the stretch. Mm-hmm. And so, because, because their anchor is their starting pitching, I, I don't think the Mariners are in severe jeopardy here. I think their starters are ready for this. And maybe maybe not as much with Bryce Miller and maybe not as much with Brian Wu. But the top three guys, the ones who you're going to need to be your horses in October, I fully believe in them at this point
0: still. Were, were you surprised by the way the waiver claim thing went and and who claimed whom? Hmm.
1: Yeah, I was. I uh, just, just a little insight into... How I operate here, I don't know if anyone cares or is interested. Oh, in that. we care. <laughs> I, but you know what, I don't. So I'm going <laughs> to tell the story anyway. Um, I will. I will get things prepared uh, about 24 hours in advance when I know stuff's going to be going down. So, like trade deadline, I had a a like document of every single name who I thought could be traded. And every single team that I thought he could be traded to, and had like a tweet ready for it. So there were, you know, a hundred plus different incarnations here. I did not have the Cleveland Guardians on my bingo card for <laughs> waiver madness. I had the Reds there, um, but I did not think Cleveland was going to come in and poach. The, you know, arguably the three biggest names or, or three most desired guys in uh, in Lucas Giolito, Matt Moore, and Ronaldo Lopez. And uh, honestly, I, I think it's great for the Mariners that that actually happened. The, the notion of them slipping down any further to teams that are actually in contention at this point, Cleveland's contending for one thing and one thing alone, and that is the prize uh, of the American League Central Division champion, which – is is really not much of a prize at all. Uh, and and I will say this, I fi- I find it very interesting. Uh and and I don't know if you guys have had this discussion. If the Mariners don't win the division, would you rather they finish in the first wild card where they would host the the fifth uh fifth place team in the league or would you rather them Finish with a third wild card, where they go on the road, but face a Minnesota Twins team that's going to be by record worse than the Mariners or any of the other wild card teams.
3: I'm focused on today, Jeffrey. Yeah, we're, we're, okay, uh, we I'm we Come on now, I'm
0: focused on right now. One game at a time. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you mean. Looking into the playoffs like that.
1: Unbelievable!
0: (laughs) It's a good. It's a very good real question, Uh and one that in a couple of weeks Uh I hope we're willing to have that conversation. But at the moment, I'm not. I'm not quite. I'm not quite ready for it, to be honest with you.
1: That's 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 fair. But but let me ask you this, this like, do the Blue Jays scare you guys?
3: Uh-huh. I mean, I know they're right. Yeah. You know, I think everybody should do. be a little yes. scary.
0: I mean, like, all the teams that are left have something about them that is pretty good. Heck, watching Cincinnati play yesterday and going, hey, this is a team that's got— I mean, not that they played them in the playoffs, but, you know, they're a 500-baseball team, but they're feisty, and they've got some talent. And- Cincinnati, dude,
1: Cincinnati, yeah, Cincinnati's good. Cincinnati bullpen the Mariners to death yesterday, yeah. too. I mean, they, mm-hmm. like, I I, I, was, I was looking at the box score from that game. They started a guy who was coming off his second Tommy John surgery and first appearance back in the big leagues, and then Michael Marriott, I don't know if you knew this, Michael Marriott, who threw three very important innings in the middle of the game, hadn't pitched in the big leagues since 2016. Like, I thought he was retired for five years. Nope, still sticking around, <laughs> and that's You know, those are those are the types of games that you just Mm -hmm. kick yourself when you don't win. Mm -hmm.
3: Yep.
0: Yep. Frustrating for sure. Hey, so uh, some specific Mariner questions for you, one that we were debating yesterday. Uh, What are you doing now that Teoscar Hernandez has had this incredible turnaround here? What is your plan if you're Jerry Depoto for Teo moving forward?
1: I still don't know if you QL him at this point.
0: Really? Why not? I, I mean, mean, to what's... me, that seems like the easiest thing to do. Why wouldn't you?
1: I, I mean, I, it's easy, but it's 20 million bucks. And I think he, eh, see. I don't know if he would accept it or not. I mean, do you think $20 million for say Oscar Hernandez is about right for one year? Sure.
0: Yeah, I think for one year. Yes. And if he doesn't take it, you know, I would assume he gets 50 million plus on a multi year deal somewhere else. So, you know, there aren't that many big time. Not that he's a big time power hitter, but a guy who hits the ball hard as often as he does. To me, he's probably a DH moving forward. But I don't know. I don't know that there would be much of a downside in in giving him the QO, especially given what else is out there in free agency.
1: Yeah, I, I think you know what I think that's reasonable. I just I, when it comes to say Oscar, and and I don't know why I do this, but I, I sometimes just gravitate toward the things he doesn't do rather than the things he does. Mm-hmm. And I have such a, I have a, such I have such a hard time wrapping my head around the notion of a productive player who doesn't walk. But that's what he is. He he is a productive player who strikes out like. 15 times as often as he walks or feels (laughs) Mm -hmm. that way. No, I mean, you look at the last, last few weeks, it's actually been like that. Um, but, but the power, the power has always been there. And as much as Julio has been, uh, you know, the sun, the moon, and the stars of this Mariners team over the last six weeks, Teoscar has been a very good second banana. Mm -hmm. And, uh, if he goes this winter, how do you replace that production? Yep.
3: Yeah, it is. That's uh,
1: a, that's a, like that's that's not a, that's not a rhetorical question either. I mean, is Dom mm-hmm. Canzone the guy? Maybe. But
0: well, I mean, the I other know, the other, it leads to the other question that I was going to ask you, which is, what do you do when Jared Kelnick's ready to return here next week?
1: I mean, he plays, doesn't he?
0: There's a lot of folks in Seattle who don't think so. I mean, I honestly, just, you know, we had this conversation yesterday on the show, and it's interesting hearing how many folks are saying, nope, they don't want that, that the team wasn't as good when Jared was at his best, and that even at times this year, he his best wasn't all that great, and that it sort of deteriorated before he got hurt anyway. So I'm not necessarily taking that point of view, but
1: there's quite a few people yeah, who around who think do? that. Do do these people want to play Marlowe or Camzone over the Yes, Kelnick? they do. Uh, all right, just save it, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is, is this is this even a conversation?
3: Yes, yes. They're they're fans. Passing, and we're here. We're here. We're leading the know, division with twenty five games to go. Jeffrey, we're right here, and this is a team full of good vibes. This is a team that is loose and loose as can be, and Jared is a live wire very intense breaks his foot kicking a kicking a cooler jeff so they and I'm, I'm not diminishing those fans that feel that way that watch a game through the optics of television and say yeah man this guy this guy doesn't have good vibes he's just too intense for the way and the makeup this team is put together in this run they've been on now lose three of four lose four or five lose seven of eight yeah. and maybe yeah. they yeah. maybe they come around yeah. just a little bit more
1: the notion that you're concerned, and not you, Brock, but the the royal you of clowns out there who are espousing this position. the notion that you're concerned with somebody's bad energy affecting the team when he is going to be around the team regardless of whether he's playing or not, is so patently illogical. And foolish and Jeff. beyond the pale, dumb. Jeff. I don't know Jeff. why I'm wasting my breath addressing it. All right. Well, Jeff. then let me let me let me give you a different argument.
0: Let me give you a different. Let me give you a different argument. around.
1: He plays. Period. All right. So let me give period. you the
0: other argument that I have heard, and I and I just use B war here. Jared Kelnick in 90 games this year has a war of 1.9. Cade Marlowe in half as many games. Just not even a third as many. Thirty three games has a one war. Yeah. And Dominic Canzone yeah. in just twenty six games for them, a 0.6 yeah. war. Is the is I mean, the other argument to be made is has nothing to do with the emotion or whatever people think Jared Kelnick is like as a person. What about right. just that part of it?
1: Just the productivity? Yeah. Um I mean but if we wanna look at productivity recently over the last two weeks, Domin or uh, K Marlowe striking out seventy five percent displayed appearances. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And and if we wanna if we wanna look at productivity the last two weeks, Dominic Canzone hasn't walked. And and he's hit listen, the the home runs like the power, that's that's good. I appreciate that. Um and I I think that Canzone especially should get some playing time. I don't know if that's uh, at DH, if it's in uh, left field, where you know wherever it, it is. might Arizona end up being at be first played.
0: base. If Ty France doesn't start doing a little bit more, but anyway, mm-hmm. that's a side conversation.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, all all that said, I will I will bet on Jared Kelnick before I bet on those guys, and that that's that's because I like we've seen what. Kellnick is capable of doing. And I know he hasn't done it as consistently as people would hope for. Um, But I just, I can't, I have trouble forgetting the 480 foot home run at Wrigley. (laughs) (laughs) I I just, I have a really difficult time getting that out of my head and thinking that that guy would be sitting on the bench for one of the others who, who have very similar issues to him. Uh, in terms of weaknesses, Marlowe's weakness is, is striking out. Kenzone's weakness is patience at the plate, um, and and Kenzone's defense leaves quite a bit to be desired as well. So, I don't know. I I think I think it's Kelnick a hundred percent all the way until he shows that uh, he does not deserve the job anymore. A lot of what great you, text messages, by the way. What are
0: you chuckling about? You well, I'm some... reading some of the text coming in that says, yeah, I'm diminishing the fans that don't want Kelnick back. Wow, Jeff's in rare form. Why do you have to let Passon know there are so many stupid people in Seattle? So it's one texter. <laughs> Matt, that's not very nice. Uh, yeah, there's some others in here. But Jeff, just know that a lot of people want you to know that they don't feel that way and they would mm-hmm. like to be uh excused. Exonerated. Yeah, exonerated. Yes. Thank you.
3: Uh, one fear that I do have, Jeffrey, over these final 25, and it's been more of a fear for me than it has been for Salk, uh, and and he he lives with strikeouts a little bit more than I do, and I'm comfortable with. Uh, but A. Eugenio has now surpassed Teo. Is the number one strikeout guy in baseball? Teo is number two in baseball. Julio is in the top twelve of baseball. If Kelnick were playing, he would have been in the top five of baseball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can, can you and can
1: there you, and there in and there in Brock, you have described the thing that will take down the Mariners at some point this season, I believe. That, that's where Mariners fans should be scared. It's that in the postseason, they're going to be facing pitching rotations and bullpens that are there because they strike guys out. And the, the inability to put the ball in play as consistently as the Mariners should or as consistently as you want to see from a team, is the Achilles heel that, uh, you know, I understand strikeouts around baseball uh, are profound these days, and that it's just accepted as part of the game, right? But I look at the best offenses out there. Um, I I look at the Astros, and they're striking out 20% of the time. I look at the... Braves and they're striking out 20.9% of the time. Um, You know, the the Mariners are over 26%. And it's the sort of thing that I fear uh, will be their downfall.
3: And when you asked what team to face four weeks from now, it would actually be clearly for me Minnesota because they're built the same. And when they play, they've been Correct. the exact same game down to the ninth inning on almost every single game because Minnesota is right there with them, right? I don't have the numbers in front of me. What is Minnesota's team strikeout percentage?
1: Yeah, Minnesota's at 26.8%. They're the only team that's, that strikes out more than – uh Than the Mariners do, and and similarly, like Minnesota, Minnesota's pitching staff strikes out a lot of guys. Mm -hmm. I think they, I think they're right. They might lead MLB in strikeouts this year, Uh, both both. I, I believe both hitting and pitching.
0: I wanted to go in a just totally different direction, but I thought the story was sort of interesting, and I thought maybe you could tell it well. And that is just everything we saw over the weekend in with the L.A. And, and Atlanta series, and specifically Acuna and his story from the weekend and going crazy on the field and getting married off of it. The whole story is pretty insane.
1: Good question.
0: <laughs> well, it's not a question. I just hope maybe you could tell the story.
1: Okay, it's just, I i wasn't sure if you were, like, if you wanted me to tell the story. I did, yeah, no, I was like...
0: hoping maybe you could tell the story, because I think it's interesting.
1: Yeah, Ronald Acuna Jr., uh, he got married, and then he had a big home run, it was awesome. Dude, you're the worst.
0: <laughs> you're the worst. You really are. Come on. <laughs> You have a, an opportunity to tell the great story of how some of the best players in yeah. baseball are all playing against
2: uh-huh. each
3: other this weekend, sure. and all you have is that you're the worst. Just the worst. All he right, learned fine. under John Swatsky. He knows what a good question it is. wasn't what a, good a question. question. I was <laughs> asking
0: him to tell a story. That's all. <laughs> Sheesh.
1: I mean, you literally never said tell a story. You just I said you just maybe you could tell
0: the story better than me.
1: Put the thing out there into the world and just left it hanging. It's radio host one hundred and one, right there. Wow. And Mike Sock got a D minus. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right, I got one last. I got one last one because right. this, this is one don't that I think my mir- wounds in the other room for a few minutes. <laughs> I think this is one kicked around the water coolers in Seattle with the Otani news yesterday and his agent saying he's going to have a surgery done. Didn't say Tommy John, but I think we can all assume he's going to hit next year. Was all of that intel and information shared good news or bad news for the odds of Otani as a Mariner?
1: I don't know that the odds are great. Uh, I think they should be. And and that, that to me is the existential question of this winter for the Seattle Mariners. They have been handed an absolute gift by Shohei Ohtani getting hurt in that this price that was going to be beyond exorbitant before the injury and is still going to be enormous after the injury um, is, is within the price range that the Mariners – could conceivably, reasonably, theoretically, and should be spending. Uh, And yet there's no indication that they are going to pursue him uh, with the uh, extreme nature that I think they should. Mm -hmm. I think he should be their top, not just their top priority, but they should do everything they possibly could to bring him to town and stretch the budget as beyond what they were expecting it to be because this is a a once-in-a-lifetime player and uh, you don't get opportunities like this uh, very often. And, you know, go out and, and be the team that you want to be. Go ahead and convince Shohei Otani that he should win championships in Seattle and not somewhere else.
0: All right, there you go. That was Jeff Passon who joined us yesterday. By the way, getting torched, he is here on the uh, old text thing. And you literally asked him in the first sentence to tell a story, Salk. He's nuts. I know. Yeah, tell Jeff, tweet at him, let him know that he's wrong and that uh, I asked him or at least told him to tell the story. So, okay, I got your back. All right, coming up next. That's uh, the question asking rules. I know, yeah. I, got your back. Jeff's just trying to get me. That's fine. <laughs> if that's if that's the best he can do, I know that I'm doing just fine in life. All right, I'm not concerned because the Mariners lost yesterday to the Reds. Honestly, I'm not. But there was something that was very concerning, and we'll talk about it next. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, Seattlesports.com.